Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Brown Ambition Christmas or whatever you celebrate. But we've got a present for you listeners. Yes, if you are looking for the perfect gift for the Brown Ambition fan in your life, head to brownambitionstore.com to get 25% off during our massive holiday sale. This deal will not be here long, so go to brownambitionstore.com and use the promo code, what is it, Tiffany? Ho, 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 but H-O-H-O-H-O. Don't get fresh now. (laughs) Use promo code ho, ho, ho to get 25% off your Brown Ambition orders. Again, this deal won't last forever, or will it? Because maybe I'll forget to stop it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Go to brownambitionstore.com, y'all. Happy, happy holidays. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown, ambition. Hey, 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 Mandra. Hey, happy Brown Ambition Wednesday to you and yours. You as well. I don't know, I feel extra chipper today. Oh, please pass. The world needs that chipper energy. You know, I think it's more um, exhaustion. Because <laughs> I feel like, you know how you feel loopy? You're like, <laughs> I, you know what? It's manic. That's what it is. It's I, manic. Well, honestly, it's better that than the opposite. I felt like I had the toxic energy. You know when you're just like a negative thought spiral and everything mm-hmm. is like you mad at everything? I even went and deleted some things I posted on Instagram because I'm like, nobody needs your anger and your sarcasm <laughs> right now. Like I, I did not like who I was last week and it was all down to lack of sleep. Oh, I remember yes. like in back on Facebook, like... I guess I must have been posting like sad, like this is like when Facebook, when I first got on Facebook and I think I had broken up with my boyfriend at the time. Mm. And like one of my friends hit me up, it's like, so how <laughs> is your love life talk going? Someone? <laughs> She's like, because according to your Facebook post, because it was like, they're all cryptic, like love is a fleeting butterfly. Oh man. I don't, don't do, that was like peak 2008 when people used yes. to post on Facebook. If you know yes. me, you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> she was like, and I'm like, oh God. So yeah. So. Oh goodness. Well, I'm glad that you are, you know, well, I'm, I'm glad. I don't know. I don't know. how. To... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Glad? No, honestly, I'm, I feel good. It's just that, you know, I feel it's what? been like a super busy day, but you must be busy, good busy. Have you been on the club of the house? Listen, I felt really cool for all of 45 minutes after you <laughs> gave me my secret invitation to the clubhouse app, because as soon as like, I don't know, it was like the next day, or maybe it's just because, you know, once someone tells you that some, you know, you see a pattern in the universe, you're like, oh yeah, I see that pattern everywhere. But now it's like mm-hmm. clubhouse everywhere. But yeah, I'm, I'm clubhouse is like this 
what kind of app would we call it? It's it's a mm-hmm. thought, a listener leadership app. You listen to people having conversations about yeah about anything. Honestly, topics. I would say yeah, it's an audio app. I guess audio so. App. Think about like if you were doing a Facebook Live, but there's no visual. But sometimes you can talk by yourself and people will listen, or you can like bring your friends on literally the stage mm-hmm. and like talk. And I'm not gonna lie, the first couple times I went on, I hated it. I'm like, this is stupid. Until I actually went into a room that was a good room. And I was like, oh, like yeah. last night I was in a room listening and they were talking about like um, Facebook ads and how to maximize them. And it was like some really great people. And there was like even some Facebook people from Facebook in it. And I'm like, oh, this is really, this is really helpful. Hmm. So, but I, I would say, I venture to say a good 80% of the time, if I go take a peek, I'm like, no, 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 trash, trash, trash. Um, like, I'll just, call, like, you can go and I guess it's called the hallway as soon as you log in and you see all the conversations happening. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Um, but then there are 20% of the time where I'm like, oh, the title is interesting. Usually something about business and I'll poke my head in. And sometimes I get some really great so I'll do work as I listen. And I'm like, oh, that's really great feedback. I didn't know that. Or like, for example, there'll be tools. Like um, there was one really great conversation about business and marketing. And they were sharing all of the tools they use. Like, oh, I use instead of LinkedIn bio for Instagram, I use whatever, you know, beacon.io. Or I use this instead of Infusionsoft. So yeah. Yeah. It can it can it, be good. There's, it seems like there's something for everybody. It feels like when I when I went on there and you know, you it pulls up your contacts, you can follow people and whatnot. And it was like everybody black. It was everybody black in my yes. phone. Felt like it was on Clubhouse. But the icon, I was looking at the icon for the app and it's like a white lady and I'm like, What are they trying to attract or what are they saying here? <laughs> but then it switched to a black guy, so I guess they just like switch out their um Yes. Their so let me tell you the tea about tea. So when Clubhouse first started, it was filled with like all these white guys, you know, like all the investors, Natch. Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we are us, as in brown ambitious. Mm. We are the kings and queens of social. So as they started to open up to like entertainment, so there were some people that were just hand um, invited, like, hey, you, hey, you, hey, you, hey, you. And then the black people took over. Because I was mm. asking, I said, I asked a friend of mine who was like one of the early like adopters or whatever. I said, um, like, am I just seeing rooms with black people because I'm black? Is, is it just showing me? You know how like Instagram is like, girl, you black. You want to see this? Mm. He was like, no, that the white people have disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> is it like the Tommy Hilfiger of apps? Like Tommy yes. Hilfiger 1994? Someone said that yeah. Clubhouse is the Tulum of apps. <laughs> wait, has that happened to Tulum? Wait, is it Tulum or Tulum? Whatever. Tulum, that, yeah, that Tulum, yes. Poor Tulum. Someone said Tulum got to be tired because everyone is in Tulum. <laughs> okay. Lovey, my friend Lovey said that. She was like, girl, Tulum is tired. I wish you would leave that girl alone. So, um, so yeah. So, because I was wondering. And I was like, oh, maybe they're just showing me. He's like, no, we have totally taken over mm. that app and like all of the... um early adopters and, you know, Silicon Valley guys, like you'll, you'll see every once in a while because it does kind of, you, you see the rooms based upon like, you know, kind of who you follow, but then you can explore other rooms. The the app is like, it feels like 80% blacky, black, black, black. So well, there's you're that. Welcome, Clubhouse. You're welcome. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, 
I also, I don't know, I, but to answer your question, no, I haven't had, I haven't been able to spend much time on it, but I've been poking. I'm in a lurk. I'm a lurker. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't even start TikToking till like way after people my age, like made jokes about how they're too old to, you know, learn the choreography and then learned it. Like I was maybe October, I started TikToking and then I stopped promptly about a month after I started. <laughs> yeah. but, I never uh, could get into TikTok. What's that? I never got into TikTok. There are a lot of personal finance TikTokers. I and I need to. And it's really funny, really. And not only that, but I like I found out more about my vagina from some doctor's TikTok than I've ever learned from like going really? to the doctor. Yeah, it was like a quick sixty second TikTok on like the health of your vagina, and I was like, oh wow, oh oh okay. So shout out to uh, the professionals trying to reach the youths and random uh, older millennials out there. But uh, what else is so the news today, which I don't even know, I've, I sort of had seen on CNN on the background, but I guess we have to congratulate Joe Biden for being president again for like the hundredth time. <laughs> so oh, did, oh, did they all get all, all his um, electoral uh, What are those called? The electorates? They, they were all whatever put in well, or whatever? Well, he got well over 270. Like they called California before I came down here to record. And I'm like, okay, congrats. Is it really over yet? Because it is. <laughs> and cr- it's not because like, don't the electorate, don't they have to like go to like. Has to go to Congress know. or something yes. like that. Just And then more- the vice president has to like, even yes. if it, the good thing is, because if you guys are not following, following my fave, Neil Katal on um, Instagram, he really, every day he breaks down all that's happening as far as the election is concerned. But he, he's a, 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 what do they call them? Uh, a court, what is that high, the highest court in the land? Um, Supreme, Supreme court? court attorney, like super smart, but also really funny and a little snarky, which I love. Um, but he really breaks it down. So I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. So not only will he tell you like what happened today legally as far as like what's happening with the election, he will also kind of like give you like a heads up of what to think about and look for moving forward. And so I did hear him say that last night. I was watching him last night, him saying like, okay, today was kind of like the day. And mm-hmm. then they have to bring it to, I think like you said, I guess they got to bring it to Congress. But even if the vice president refuses to acknowledge Joe Biden as vice president, that's a mere formality. It's not necessary for um it's not it's not a necessary component for it to for it to be legally binding. So I was like, oh, okay, good. Good to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm good to know there's just all these opportunities. Um I guess on the flip side, I I would I would be a little annoyed if I to find it would be too easy to become president. I mean we have all these little stopgap measures, but uh, I mean, when the Supreme Court says, listen, Texas, get out of our faces with this bogus Girl. lawsuit. Um, <laughs> and uh, like most of them did. So I, it's it's over. Oh, uh, Rio learned a new trick, though. This is also a news update. He knows how to open the basement door. So all bets are off. <laughs> there is no lock on this door. <laughs> so he is now the Superman of our podcast, except he screams when he enters. Um Oh, goodness. Did you see the controversy over Cardi B and her tweet? (laughs) She apparently tweeted like a question about should she buy an $88,000 or $80,000 purse handbag? And Twitter was not having it. They're like in the middle of a pandemic and an economic crisis. You would like to ask your fans on Twitter if you should spend $80,000 on the handbag. And she got a little snippy with people in return. But I don't think Cardi's the only one like... You've seen celebrities, like they still post their, and it's not just like celebrities. I'm bad at anybody out here frivolously spending, but also just frivolously unmasking gathering, <laughs> like, you know, know, posting pictures of just out of touch with reality, you know? So Cardi got dragged just a, just a little bit. Yikes. I mean, yeah. Cause here's the thing. 
I don't know whose I was watching. They're like, have your gathering if that's what you want. But why do you feel the need to have to share your shenanigans? Yeah. It's almost like you can't enjoy unless you feel like people feel less than. And, and I used to have like a, remember we talked earlier when we first started the podcast about the bully friend? Oh, yes. Yes. Right? I used to have like a bully friend in college who literally, if I thought a guy was cute, she would go after him and like get his number. Be like, oh my God, I got Randy's number. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And she's like, are you mad? I'm like, no. I mean, I just said that guy in science is cute. I mean, like, <laughs> we don't have a baby together. <laughs> like, And so it took me a while to realize that, oh, she's doing that intentionally. If I say someone is cute, she goes after them because it's like, she can't feel good about what she has unless she feels like she has one up on someone. Mm. Um, so clearly we're no longer friends. But some people... That's social media in a nutshell, though. Yes. Right? That's why mm -hmm. I haven't been posting in a while. There's nothing to post. Nothing yeah. to make people uh, jealous of. Just me in a house crying sometimes in the corner, <laughs> but mostly having a good time watching Sesame Street and working. <laughs> and that's why I honestly, I mean, like, thank God, like, you know, because I, honestly, if I had a Tiffany Luce page, there'd be nothing on there. So with the budget, you know, we're just posting... And here's how to save and here's how to budget. And yeah, I don't even, I mean, I feel, that's what I love about our podcast because, you know, we can talk about Rio and then I'll talk about Superman. You talk about husband because I hear I'm a little more candid, but I don't really share those things like I used to on social because it's not super weird, but sometimes it's gotten a little bit weird with people Googling who my husband was or stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, so. But the people want to know. <laughs> Somebody just, actually wrote my stickier. friend. Like, just, I yes. mean, I know this podcast lives on forever, but it's a lot harder, I feel like, to go back and hear, you know, Listen replay to, yes. something someone said versus, you know, just scrolling and, and plucking out a bad Instagram. So, yeah, I've always been a little weary of of the social, the social landscape. <laughs> the social. It was so much fun. Social was so much fun when it was like your friends. Remember, you're like, oh, because I used to post the supers all the time. Remember, I was like, super girl, super man, super fam. Yeah. And then, like, one day, like, one of one of my friends was like, my cousin is really weird. She asked me if you guys broke up because you don't post this Superman as much. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, why is she concerned? And even if we did break up, which we have not, um, why does she care? Like, but it was, like, more like, it wasn't like, oh, it was like, is she okay? Can you ask your friend about Janice if she's okay? Because she doesn't post Superman anymore, so I'm just assuming that they... They broke up. It was almost like she was trying to get tea. I was like, ah, my life. So I was like, you yeah. know what? I just post him on his birthday. And even then I post both of them. I'm like, guess which one? You'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel what's well, interesting earlier you talked about, I forget. Oh, something about Clubhouse, how you can just like, you know, you can talk even to yourself. And I just, I kind of hit a wall this weekend and I took myself out of the game. I took myself out of the house. I was like, I have to go. I literally just, something snapped and I was like, I I have an errand to run and I just left. <laughs> My husband mm. was like, okay, bye. I haven't been out of the house in like two weeks. It's been a long, long time. Like literally have not left you deserve. my front door except to decorate the house um, for Christmas. So haven't left my yard, I guess. And I just, I don't know. I had this, I guess it was just anxiety, pure and simple. My anxiety is coming back and, and well, not coming back. It's always there, but she's, you know, she, she was a little hairier and scarier last week and hence the not sleeping. And it just felt a little too, too much like, like February, 2020 to me, you know, back when I was at my peak anxiety. But I am a stronger and smarter person. So I, I actually did something this time. I, I left the house and I ended up, I just got a coffee from Starbucks, a nice little latte. And I went and I, I just sat in a parking lot in the car and I just sat there. And that's all I could do. I was like, I had all this um, 
like boxes and bags in the trunk, like returns to different stores. And I, had, I did have errands to run. But I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I just was like, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to drive. I don't want to. I'm just going to sit here. And then I ended up, I pulled out my voice memo app and I just like ranted because it just, it didn't feel like the kind of thing that was right for social media. It just felt too raw, but it really made me feel better. Like just talking out into the air and just sitting there. And then I got some lunch and then I went home and I'm going to call that self-care. Um like Good. part of me is like, maybe like, why didn't you go for a walk? Why didn't you do the Peloton? Like maybe you could have, you know, moved your body, but it just, even the body didn't want to be moved. It was just sit your ass down and, you know, just be for a little while. I feel a lot better now. I'm getting sleep. I'm doing my breathing exercises. Good. And, uh, you know, I've even, I've, I really have leaned on meditation these past few months, especially. So I'm starting to do that again. And I'm getting her under control. I'm, I'm, the beast is always there, the beast of anxiety. But you know, I'm just, I'm just combing her hair, smoothing it out. You know, Aww. giving her a little treat. <laughs> <laughs> you just stay there, stay in your, stay in your spot, so I can, you know, get on with my life. But I forgot. It reminded me how, when it creeps back up like that, and you hit, and you get, it's so hard to, to break out of it. And it's, mm-hmm. it brought me back, and I was like, I do not, nope, do not want to return to this place. But um, I'm 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 a lot better now. A lot better now. Good, and I'm glad you you recognized and said no. I'm gonna take a break and recognizing that a break it's not it's not always Tulum. Sometimes it's just sitting in the car, you know. Well, I think and, it's just it feels so suffocating now because and it reminded me again. I, it just brought me back to like maternity leave because maternity leave and my peak anxiety because it just feels like there's nowhere safe to go. And it also feels, you feel insane because it looks like everyone else is going there. Like I know. The parking lot was lit at that strip mall. And I, <laughs> you know, and I watched a lot of people come and go for those 45 minutes. And I even went there to avoid the mall because I knew that the mall would be, you know, busy. But, and I'm just like, am I insane? Am I the only one who cares? And also I desperately want to go somewhere, but nothing, you know, it's just, yeah, I, and nothing feels safe. And so I just, you know. I social distanced myself in my car. Um, and that was that. Well, you got a break. So that's what matters most. I had my first. Um, so remember, you know, I said I hired um, Stephanie, my 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 therapist finder. So many of y'all have flooded her. So which I love because therapy, help, coaching, yes. whatever. Everyone needs a little um, boost, you know? Yeah. So, um, when I met with Stephanie, as we were talking through things, she kept saying, I don't know if therapy is what I'm hearing. She's like, I'm not saying everyone doesn't need therapy at some point, you know, which I, I, myself throughout college, I had therapy because I was really struggling, but she was like, the things that you are, um, struggling with Tiffany, she's like, therapy really unearthed some of the, um, past things. And the things that like you sound like you're struggling with is really present things. Like, you know, like, as I was like, I'm overwhelmed with being a CEO of too many daggone companies and all the things I put on my plate and setting boundaries. And and she was like, when I when you talk about some of the trauma from your past, you talk about it in a healthy way, which shows me you've done a lot of the work, which I have. And she was like, it's just even the way your relationships are. It shows that you've done a, a, enough, so much work, so much so that you can have healthy relationships. And, and it's not holding you from moving forward. You know, like you obviously, you know, you're you're productive, you're whatever. And I was like, this is true. So she's like, I'm not saying, I'm not throwing out therapy altogether, but I really feel like coaching might be more of an alignment. I was like, oh, okay. 
Like I said, therapy is past, coaching is present. And I was like, okay, so like she connected. coaching? Yeah, because which I've never had before. I was like, I mean, I've had executive coaching as far as um, coaching specifically for like this business because we're gonna, you know, like I've I've had I just did that this year, which was very helpful. So I was always kind of I'm not gonna lie, I felt like life coaching sounded a little scammy, spammy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did like about the coach she suggested is that this coach is a doctor. She's a therapist, but she has a doctorate as well. So she's a doctor. But so I was like, okay. So she was like, Dr. Green is a therapist, um, but she has a coaching like um, component. Like, uh, like, so she's not going to give because she separates the two. She does, You can't get therapy and coaching at the same time. Interesting. Um, so I like that. I was like, okay. She said, now, she said, the reason why I like Dr. Green is that as she's coaching you with the things that you're working through now, if she hears something that concerns her that she says, you know what, this requires therapy, she's going to hear and know and then redirect you. So I was like, okay. I thought it was a perfect, honestly, Stephanie, the therapy finder, uh, I mean, I've already sent like four friends to her and they've come back to me and said, girl, did you cry? Because I cried. I said I cried. <laughs> and then and then she's found them an amazing therapist or have given them the tools to move forward or not move forward with their current therapist. Cause Stephanie does that too. Like, Hey, you know, is my therapist now? Have I outgrown them? If you have those types of questions, she's just awesome. So anyway, um, she connected me with Dr. Green. We had our first call on Friday, man, D it was everything. I was like, she was exactly right. I didn't, not that I say, I won't say I don't need therapy, but what I'm really struggling with is not really my past stuff. It's just the current load of my life now. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Green, where we were really like working through and talking through, she gave me like some homework and it was just really good. Something that she said, I'll share this with you guys, something that she shared, because we were, um, I was sharing how I have a hard time setting boundaries and she was, you know, kind of unearthing the why, the why, the why. And, you know, really what unearthed was that I don't want to be seen as difficult, and she's like, well, what's a difficult person? I'm like, well, people that, you know, that make people feel uneasy, people that make it harder for other people, and this and that. She's like, okay, well, do you have any friends that are like, you know, pretty assertive, whatever? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Some of my fave friends, like uh, my friend Mandy is really like clear and assertive, my friend Cabral, my friend Rian, like the people who I talk to the most. And she said, do you think they're difficult? And I'm like, no. And she was like, so only when you assert yourself, it's difficult. But when your friends do, it's something that you admire. And that's one of the reasons why you're friends with them. And I was like, uh, say what now? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. honestly, it is. I realized that I surround myself with badass folks like you, Mandy. Like, for real. Like, you, my friend Cabral, my friend Rihanna. When I look and I I, I love the how, like, like, just assertive and clear and with the boundaries that you set. And yet, I have told myself, if I do it, that's bad, Tiffany. But if you do it, like, oh, look at Mandy go, you know? So she was just like, okay. So there was just like homework to unearth those types of things. It was really, honestly, it was everything. I left feeling, of course I cried because, you know, I'm such a crybaby. Meanwhile, I cry, I was crying because we have a video chat and my sister walked in like, hey girl, ooh, my bad. You <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like she was Rio. I was like, look at Rio just opening the door. <laughs> well, at least she didn't so. scream and throw something. <laughs> but honestly, it was so good and it just... I've decided that I'm really going to put some real effort into self-care and not because self-care is so easy to think like your massages and your therapist, whatever, not just that, like my, on my shoulder, I haven't had full range of motion for a while. It's been really, it was like hurting. And so I I started, I'm on week two of physical therapy. I go three times a week and I, I clear that time on my calendar to make it work. I have on my list. I'm like, okay, 
let's go back to the dentist. You, you know, you, you, it's, you didn't get your cleaning this year because, you know, I was like, dentist cleaning. I don't know about COVID mouth open, you know, but let's schedule that. So like really just scheduling all the, so not just taking care of myself um, mentally and emotionally, but like what things physically have I not done? Like, I'm like, okay, I got to go back to the doctor because like I was supposed to do all the stuff she wanted me to do. And I was like, I didn't. So I'm like, okay, let me go back. So I'm just like excited about like, you know, really making my overall health a um, a top priority. And, you know, that, that, you know, having that, I talk with Dr. Green every two weeks. It's a six week program. I talk with her every two weeks and my, my homework homework is I have to write a letter. Um, I have to, my 46 year old self has to write a letter to my 41 year old self. Um, because I have a, a big fear of like, um, like that something is going to happen. Like, cause everything right now, my life is so good that I'm always, I'm scared that, but what about when it's not good? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, have your older self write you a letter now to talk about what you think life is like then, you know, to kind of allay those fears. And she's like, I would challenge you to say, so let's pretend that you're right in five years. It's not as good. The budget needs to, it's not as popping. You know, maybe you're struggling with your, your your relationship with your husband. You and your sisters are not as close. And I was like, ah! She said, knowing that, what would you wish you knew? If you if you knew that five years from now, things were going to be harder, what would you wish you did now? I said, lean in more. She said, exactly. Like, so even if your worst fears are true, all the more reason to lean in more. I was like, Dr. <laughs> it was so good, Mandy, honestly. <laughs> it was so good. I... So, don't really feel like crying on this show. So um, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, I just want to give you that wonderful. those because I know I love, I mean, you know, trying to be, obviously I keep, I keep things, obviously some stuff for myself, but I I'm sharing that because I, I know someone out there needs to hear. And, you know, and I, I feel like what I love about this show is that we share, you know, the hard things, the good things, the, the challenging things. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of like let that sizzle in your spirit um, if you are needing to hear that. So, but I will, I will leave it there. Oh, well, thanks for sharing that. And I'm excited because I, th- I feel it's, it's just not the, it's been such a year. And I think we've all spent the last year kind of figuring out what it is that we need because mm-hmm. the coping strategies that used to get us through one bad week or one bad day just don't work for one bad year. And it's only going to be, even if the worst never does come, being prepared for it uh, mentally, emotionally, all spiritually, all of that is, it can only be good. So thanks for sharing that, Tiff. No problem. Shall we take a quick break and come back with your questions? Yes. Let's get yes. back to money and careers. <laughs> Making that money, y'all. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. 
Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. back with question preguntas if you will (laughs) you didn't know i was bilingual i am well i have one or two words (laughs) (laughs) yes my favorite part of the show questions 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 oh questions 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 come on man i want you to do that in the conga okay yeah right like i want you i want you i need your shoulders moving i can't see you but i can feel you questions 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 if i move my shoulders <laughs> then the pillows that i have propped up to help with oh. sound they move so i i'm actually just hunched in the worst position ever oh well go ahead with the questions well, from questions girl. let's get to the question our first question comes from let's call her brandy okay brandy says how can i pay off twenty thousand dollars in debt on a fixed income i have no real property and due to health i cannot get a job thank you this is a whole lot of question in so few words yeah. Well, here's the thing. The best method that I have found now, it's slow slow and steady wins the race. That's what my dad used to say when we were kids. So I remember during the 2008 recession, I had $35,000 in credit card debt and I was living on unemployment. And so what I did was honestly, I, I used the snowball method and it's not fast, but it's slow and steady. And the way the snowball, small, snowball method works is that you pay off the debt with the um, lowest um, uh, balance first. So, well, first, like, and if you, if for those, I'm going to describe it, but I'm sure I'm going to like flub it up. You can always go to the Budget Needs to Blog and type in Snowball, and then it, I literally walk you through. So, Snowball with it works like this. So, you list your debt from lowest to highest as far as balances are concerned, and then you you have to look at your budget to find a, a, um, some money you can set aside. Maybe it's $20, maybe it's $10, Whatever that looks like, you know, like set, it's like set aside a specific amount of money that you could like, okay, I'm going to put this to accelerate the snowball method. So let's just pretend it's $25. So you pay the minimum to all the debt on your list, except for that smallest debt. You're going to give it its minimum plus that $25 you've set aside. And then you're just going to keep paying that every month until that smallest debt is paid off. And now it might take three months. It might take three years and that's okay. And then once you, you've paid off that debt, you roll over, like a snowball, you roll over those two payments to the s- second smallest debt on your list. So the second smallest debt will almost essentially get three payments in one. It's going to get the first debt's minimum, its minimum, plus that $25 you found from your, from your budget. Mm-hmm. And so then you keep paying, paying, paying until that's paid off. Then you roll over again. The third smallest debt gets first debt's minimum, second debt's minimum, its minimum, plus that $25. So the magic, the reason why they call it the snowball method is think about like the Bugs Bunny or whatever cartoons when the snowball would start at the top of the hill. And as it rolled, it got bigger. So as you roll down your debt hill, you are going to be able to put bigger and bigger amounts toward your toward your balances because you'll be collecting minimums along the way, like you collect snow on the snowball. Um, and so if you do that, that's what I did. It took me... I had $35,000 in credit card debt. And, and when I was on unemployment, it took me about three years to pay off that debt, slowly but surely, slowly but surely. So it, it is possible. You're just going to, but you're going to have to allocate 
So you have to find something in your budget. It, I don't know what kind of disability um, 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 you have, but are there things you can do? Can you do focus groups online? Can you, um, are you, I don't, because I know also with disability, if you're collecting disability, then you're limited in like the work that you can do. So I certainly don't want to. It you does to, say, yeah, she uh-huh. doesn't specify exactly what kind of fixed income, but she does allude to the fact that, you know, she can't work because of her health. So maybe it's social security disability income um, of some kind because she can't work. So maybe if you can't like physically work, there might be other like um, at home things you can do. Because sometimes like I used to do... um, uh, I don't do as many. I used to do like focus groups and stuff. And now more and more focus groups are digital. So to earn little a little extra money on the side. So ask yourself, are there non-physical things that you can do to earn money while you're um, home? There's, you know, who who is a great person to follow? Sandy Smith of Yes, I Am Cheap. I, I believe that's her website. Yes, I am. Or even SandySmith.com or I am Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y, Smith.com. She actually teaches all these different side hustles that you can do. Um, many of which, you know, don't require any physical labor. So I would follow, um, um, I think, like I said, I think it's I Am Sandy Smith or Yes, I Am Cheap and look for her side hustle. She has a Facebook group um, that she that she teaches people how to side hustle. And she's a great resource. I, I, I love the snowball method. I think that that has been proven to work for so, so, so many people. And with a normal, I don't know about normal question, but without that many details, what I what I hear, you know, the crux of the issue is fixed income, you know, depend no matter what the source is, it's not going to change. And yeah. $20,000 of debt sounds like a lot. And we don't know anything about how much income you get and or if you have any assets already. You say you don't have any property. I'm guessing if you had them, you would have said something. Honestly, I'm wondering why not just file bankruptcy. Like... 20K in debt mm. with no means to pay it and a fixed income with no hopes of increasing. Like that to me is just what bankruptcy was made for. And I don't think there's shame in that. And I, I personally, I'm like, I think there's two ways to go about it. That Well, obviously there's two ways. You either pay off the debt or you don't. But I, I, would, I would say, you know, bankruptcy is also an option. And to start that conversation, you know, you could reach out to, a credit counselor through a nonprofit like the NFCC. We can put a link to that in the show notes and and see, you know, what that is like. But bankruptcy is such a scary word and there's so much, I guess there's a lot of stigma. I don't know. Personally, I don't have a stigma against it. I know people very close to me who have had to file bankruptcy and there's no shame. Uh, it, it's, it's literally just what was provided to citizens as well as corporations um, when simply you do not have the means to handle, you know, the debts that you have. And and it could be a case where maybe this debt was accrued prior to, you know, becoming disabled or prior to, uh, you know, needing to live on a fixed income. And in that case, it's just, you know, well, well, that's, that's the, that's the hand that was dealt. And now you need to like take advantage of the resources to, to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Just be mindful with, you know, applying for bankruptcy because sometimes they they really want you to have like next to nothing left over. So, um, but yeah, I think Mandy's right that there's, you have to do what's best for you at the end of the day. And if with if you're fixed, depending how much you might not have any money left over, that might be your only option right now. Yeah. But we'll post, I can post some links definitely to the snowball because people get that confused with the avalanche all the time. Uh, there's all these different debt snow 
scape analogies and then some links to uh, bankruptcy resources. And and certainly if there's, you know, I don't know what where exactly you live. You don't mention the state, but there could be some state-based resources too to help um, with credit counseling, you know, to kind of get at least conversation going about, you know, those options and weighing the pros and cons. But thank you very much for your question. What did I call her? Brandy. Brandy, thanks for your question. Uh, all right, let's take another one. This one, oh yeah, this one comes from the gram. Let me get back. Okay, let's see. Duh. Gabby, yes, Gabby. All right, Gabby has an interesting question. She's only 25 years old and she is about to graduate from grad school and has a question about weighing different job opportunities. Okay, so Gabby says, I'm 25 and I'm graduating from grad school with two master's degree. Damn girl criminal justice, and public administration. I've been in the job market and I just received an offer to work as a research and administrative associate for a small Black-owned business consulting firm. It seems great. They're offering me what I asked, 50K. But since then, since interviewing with them, I've gotten feedback from my peers that I may have undervalued myself. Mm. It's hard to tell these things because I'm currently earning 37K, which feels embarrassingly low but I've also been living that student life. I have a week to get back to their offer. So here's, that's not the first, that's just the first part of her question. So okay. 50K feeling undervalued, she has one week to do something about it. What comes next? Like any new grad, she's not just interviewing one place, but multiple. She says, I've okay. also interviewed for a corporate analyst position at my current job. And I think that interview went very well, but it was only a couple days ago. I feel the corporate position has the potential to offer more money than my current offer, but do I chance it and turn down the other offer? In their interview, they said they hadn't settled on the salary yet as the position is brand new. There's so many things mm. to consider, and I'm happy to have an off offer, but I'm so stressed out. What do ah, you suggest? I would be stressed out. Honestly, look, Amanda, yes. I'm like looking like, girl, I'm looking at you like, I don't know. Yeah. What should she do, Mandy? Well, I mean, it's not, if you think about it, like it's not, it's, yes, it's salaries, but you know, if this were, um, I don't know, an offer for a book deal or a speaking mm. engagement, you know, and, and, and you maybe had negotiated, you know, one offer and then another publisher or, you know, uh, event, you know, came to you with a second offer and like the second offer could be more, but you know, it's not a done deal yet. And the other one is like ready to extend you an offer it's like, it's almost, it reminds me, I, I briefly watched Supermarket Sweeps and <laughs> yeah. that wasn't, I remember watching that as a kid, but I guess I forgot. Anyway, Leslie Jones is the host and it's pretty hilarious. And I guess during the show, you, you have to run and find the products based on a clue. And then at this certain point, she's like, wait a second, either you can take this $25,000 or you can get the next clue. And you have to make a decision, you know, what are you willing to risk? Are you willing to take the safe route, get the money that's certain? Or are you willing to wait and, you know, see what comes down the line, knowing that you could lose everything? And it's just that like game show stress, you know? Ah, and <laughs> what would you do? I know me. I'm like a I'm I'm a risk adverse, but yeah. I would hope that I would go back to the first offer, because it sounds like you seemed excited about it. And mm. just say hi. After doing a little research. I wanted to push back a little and say, blah, 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 blah. Like, I would, you know, I don't know yeah. what your friends or what your research has found. Push back and say that because if they made you an offer, they're interested. Here's the thing. The worst thing they can say is, uh, this is as much as we're able, you know? Um, yeah. But then the offer, I'm assuming, would still stand, right, Mandy? It's, it's not standard if I were to come back and ask for more. That You'd be like, well, it's off the table altogether. 
I actually just was talking to a good friend of mine. She was applying for a job and she was really, really excited. And I was like, you better negotiate. And she sent them an email asking for more. And it was like a Friday afternoon and she sweated it the whole weekend. She's like, I haven't heard back. And I've been in that position so many times and I know exactly what's happening. It's a, it's a company. So that person who's hiring or doing the recruiting has to ask for approval and it's a Friday afternoon. So they can't just, you know, get a response right away. So it's going to have to wait till Monday. Also, they're on the West Coast. So they add a, a few hours, so not Monday afternoon, maybe late afternoon you might hear back. And I think that helped her because you have to remember, uh, at least in my experience, the people on the other end of that negotiating table, like they have, you know, corporate stuff to do too. And they also have a job to do on top of recruiting. So Sometimes it's going slow, not because they're thinking negatively about your ask, but because they just have to, you know, dot their I's and cross their T's. And they're not always the most transparent about that. So you're kind of the last to know what's happening on their end. In this case, here's what I'll say. You are a, you're like you're early in the job market. And I do think that setting yourself up, you know, at, a, at the highest salary you can get, obviously everyone wants that. But you want to be careful about your first job, I believe, because, you know, it, it really, it can be the foundation that kind of can give you the lift through your career. And it can also, you know, we're in, we're in troubling times right now. And if you go in at a, at a, at a lower pay grade that, you know, it may take you a long time to, to get up to where maybe your peers would have been in a, in a better economy, just because companies may not have the money for the while and maybe more conservative for a while and whatnot. So, at the same time, the fact that you're interviewing and you've got two interested, you know, two companies that are interested in you, including the one that you're working for, I I, I say wait, uh, which may seem like not in line with what you guys think of me being risk adverse. But I, I do think that the first job, you, you sound excited about it, but you have, yeah. to, you have to put down in paper what it is that you're excited about. Is it the mm. potential for a paycheck? Is it because you feel wanted and you, you know, you feel needed? I bet if you went back to them, and let me like think about this, but I believe in transparency. And if you tell that other job, hey, I'm really excited to work with you, but I'm actually in active conversations with my current employer. And mm -hmm. here's the reasons why I I just want to be frank with you. You know, I, I do feel, uh, and it'd be a lot easier if you actually had an offer from your current employer. So what you may want to do is just say, hey, I know you said I have a week, but I, I want to be transparent and I want to let you know that I potentially may have an offer from my current employer and the salary is really what my sticking point is. And if that's the case, I mean, why not be transparent? If they really, really like you, they might meet you at that salary. They might say, okay, we'll increase it by 5K. But then, then they might say, okay, well, we need to know now. Like if we give you the extra, you know, 5, 10K, whatever you're looking for, then, you know, we're going to push up the timeline and you have to take this job. That, so you have to kind of decide when, if they were to meet your salary, would you then take it or would you still mm -hmm. want to wait? And if mm. you're still not in the boat where you would take it, I, I feel like, are you that excited about it? You know, mm. or should you, should you wait? You, you certainly don't have to take the first job offer that comes your way. And I've been in the position where I've given someone a job offer and they've turned me down because they were, you know, because I was the first person they had talked to. And I think they were smart to to wait until they found an offer that was that was right for them. And it sounds like you're working now, so the the pressure may not be as intense for you to to just find a job, any job, the same way I had to do, you know, when I was job hunting after being laid off in the recession and all that. And maybe maybe you want to take your time. 
And even if you tell the other job, like forget about telling them that you're talking to your current employer. Like, let's say you just say, hey, I actually need a lot more time to, I need more time than a week to think about this because, you know, excuse me, the salary is not what I was expecting or I would prefer, you know, to have what I'm looking for is X number. And then say, you know, if you can give me a little bit of extra time, I can really think about my my budget and what I'm going to need and tell you and give you my answer in two weeks or something like that. And then maybe that will give you time to figure out what's happening with your current job. But ultimately, when you decide, you know, if you like them or not, you just need to, or, you know, whether either way, you need to tell them the truth and be ready to walk away and and let them go on and find someone else or just tell them, hey, I'm, I'm ready to jump, but it's the money. And if they can't meet you, then get your answer and, you know, then walk away. It's also yeah. complicated. I know. It is. But you know what? It seems like they, she was really excited about it also being a Black-owned business. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I get that. I know. It's, it's like, and you do have to think about it's a big corporation. Maybe there's more money, but is money everything that you're that matters? I mean, money does matter. But I would say if you're looking at like you're early in your career and you know your career field better than I do, I, I don't know exactly what field it is. You know, something non I don't know criminal justice and public administration were her her, her master's degrees. But if you're like at a small business, you do have a lot more opportunity to rise. You have maybe opportunity for growth and maybe it's an opportunity and you should ask these questions in your interview, you know, is there, is there a career track? Is there, you know, what's the next step for me? How can I, how can I grow here? And maybe they're more nimble than at the big corporation where maybe those there's more red tape or, you know, it takes more time to move up, Uh, you know, deal it out. But there's, there's pros and cons to small and large. And I think Mm -hmm. you'll probably work for both over the course of your career. I certainly have. You work for one, you find out, oh, I don't like small corporations for or small businesses for this reason. Then you go look for what you don't like or what you what you didn't like in another company that you do like. And you learn new things about, you know, the the bad sides of working for a big corporation. And then you just keep bouncing around until you find it's honestly, it's just like dating. Like except <laughs> with except they pay you to do it, which is nice. <laughs> which this uh, is not dating. <laughs> yeah. But no, but I mean, I remember my remember I told you my first offer, Mandy, and I was a uh, uh, teaching preschool, and um, and I remember it was in Plainfield, and I think they offered me. I want to say she offered me like thirty two thousand, and she was like, "Here's the chart. Here's what it shows. With you know, you have your bachelor's and you have zero years of experience, and that's thirty two thousand. That's the chart. That's what the state says." And yeah. I was like, "Okay, well, you know, because I'm twenty, I'm like, that's the chart. I make thirty two. And then I told my dad. And he was like, "Well, I have a, like um, I'm the I'm the uh, CEO or executive director of a nonprofit in Newark, and we have a couple of uh, centers. If you're wanting to teach preschool, and we could pay you thirty nine, I was like, "Oh, well, shoot, because it was preschool. I was going to teach in Plainfield as well. So I went back to the Plainfield um, CEO lady of the of the of the of the school or principal, or whatever, and I was like, "Oh, you know, um, hey, thank you so much, but I'm going to decline." And she's like, "Can I ask why?" And I said, "Well, I got a." offer for 39,000 to teach as well. And she's like, oh, well, we, I can give you 36. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Yo, I was so confused because, you know, I'm 20. I'm like, no, but the chart, the chart said, I, I saw the chart. You, you gave me the chart. This, you can't mm-hmm. give me 36. And she was like, and I said that, I was like, but I don't understand. Like I thought the chart, she's like, no, no, no. Well, we have like other parts of the budget that I can use to enhance it. 
And I just remember being like, you crafty wench. (laughs) (laughs) But it taught me a valuable lesson. And the reason why is, and, and so... She was like, no, I really want you to teach here. And I was like, why? Because I, I you, um, before, like for a teacher anyway, then I, I, I used to come to the classroom and then they would like observe me teaching and stuff. And plus, you know, I was young and full of energy. And she had a, a son that was three. And she's like, I really wanted him to be in your class because I could tell you're an excellent teacher. You love it. You love the kids and you have great energy. And I was like, so the chart. So what it taught me though was that, you know, there is money oftentimes if they want you. Now, yep. I mean, as a business owner myself now, sometimes like that's just our budget, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But there can there concessions are made, you know? So, um, you know, if you are really loving that first job, something about it excites you, ask for more because, you know, maybe they showed you the chart, but there's more money that they can squeeze if they really they really want you. So I just want to get, give you that little piece of help because I'm not someone, I'm, I'm someone who's nervous about asking for more, but that mm-hmm. taught me a lesson like, girl, sometimes they got a little pocket of money on the other side. Absolutely. And I definitely think you should go back and tell them that you, you, you know, have talked to peers and you think a a fairer salary, whatever your benchmarking it is. And I won't get too into it, but I've also learned that the whole world of benchmarking salaries and deciding what a certain position is worth versus, you know, not worth in another position, it's all so random. And the people who do it, I'm just like, how do you, how do you figure all this out? It's, there's no rhyme or reason. Often the benchmark is just like, oh, this is what most people told me they make. And that is how we're going to benchmark this. And they'll move it up and down depending. So, you know, I think you're in a you're in a really exciting position. Um, you just have to weigh the pros and cons. And you sound really thoughtful. So literally write the things down. What is good about this job? What is good about that job? Benefits, you know, flexibility, um, time off, health, all those good things. Is there a 401k match? All those core questions beyond just base compensation. Mm, yes. And before, yes, yes. I, <laughs> before I stop rambling, because I love talking about this stuff, I will say, you know, to your current employer, if they really want you, I think they need to know. I actually prefer, I love to know if my, I would love to know if one of my direct reports was you know, thinking about another offer because I'm going to go immediately to HR, you know, uh, a review process be damned and promotion process be damned to me like, yo, they're, they may be leaving. Give me money to keep them. And then, you know, see what happens then. I, I you know, if you're really employ- uh, interviewing with your employers, tell them, hey, I actually am interviewing because you guys know I'm graduating soon and I potentially have an offer I'm excited about. What's your timeline like? And that is not... To Tiffany's earlier point, that's not difficult. That's not being difficult. It's not being rude. It's being honest. And it also, like, you don't have time to waste, neither do they. So maybe they're just like, oh, maybe after the holiday, then we'll come back and we'll have time to interview Gabby for this job. But you don't got time. You have to tell this other job before the holiday. So that's yeah. just, you know, being honest and giving them a chance to fight for you, right? So I'm, I, I like honesty and I hate game playing and I hate all that crap that goes with the interview process. So I, I say, put your best foot forward, be honest and open with, um, with anyone that you're, should I say courting? Is that even a word anymore? People say <laughs> courting, courting, courting. Yes. <laughs> yes, flirting with, talking to, talking to, that's what the kids say today. Yeah. Well, no, they don't say talking to. I think, they, what did they say? Is this not something else? Talking to is what we used to say back in my day. Oh, it's something okay. else they say, but whatever. What's old is new, whenever I saw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Gabby, for your interesting question. And thanks, y'all. Again, you can hit us up on Instagram. We're at Brian Ambition Podcast or email Brian Ambition Podcast at gmail.com. 
Alright, you ready to boost our break? Yes, is she gonna boost? Is she gonna break? Is she gonna boost the break? Oh, I'm gonna what tell you, you as soon as I read my notes. Oh, where are you gonna okay. keep going? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's no, alright. I if you want, I can go fizzers. No, oh, yes, please do. I am going to boost. I boosted them before, but especially now. We've had like such a crazy up and down years. I use I really want to boost my unicorn squad because that is my team. It's about 25, 6, 7, 8 of us, um, depending. <laughs> um, but um, they're amazing. Of course, there's my business partner, Jabril, but largely the team is 95% women, women of color, the black women to be clear. Not, not everyone's a black woman, but most. And I call them unicorns because they make magic happen every day. And so um, they're amazing, you know, my unicorn squad. And by the time that this comes out, you will have already got your bonuses. Yes, girl. So here's the thing. This Do you is need the, my address you sh- or <laughs> gonna, this uh, is the first deposit? year that okay. I feel so, because in total, all of my companies made just over $10 million this year. And, All um, of my company, she said. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't include brand ambition. That go to brandambitionstore.com and get your merch. Okay. Yes, get your merch. <laughs> so we can get, get these coins. So normally, I do, like we would do when I first first started the business. I would like actually just buy them presents because it was maybe like five of us, and I would just mail them out. And then it would be like, okay, you know, like a hundred dollar bonus, and then a two hundred, and two fifty, then five hundred. So this year we had our first. Like, I guess I don't want to call it official bonus, but this is how we did our bonus this year. And I'm just so proud of it. It was, we set aside 5% of our net income, our net profit. So that means in total, we made, uh, you know, 10 million. And then let's just say, I'm pretending I'm making up numbers. We spent 6 million to make the 10 million. So spent meaning payroll, websites, um, tech support, all the things that it costs to run a company, let's just, and marketing, let's just pretend it was $6 million. So that left over $4 million. Like I said, I'm making up these numbers. These numbers are not correct. So what we did, we said 5% of that $4 million is what we call our bonus pool. And so the bonus pool now is everyone in the company that is a, a, a full-time employee, part-time employee, or contractor, not consultant. A contractor, they can participate in the bonus pool. And the way we navigated the bonus pool is whatever percentage of what whatever percentage of your pay is coming from our payroll pool, that's the percentage you get of the bonus pool. So let's just say, you know, you are, you know, right now you're getting two percent of if payroll is a hundred thousand dollars a year, let's just pretend, and you get two percent of that, then you get two percent of the bonus pool. So that's how we kind of matched this it up. This is a lot of math, to... but I know for people, they're like, yes, money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? So then, so that, because I wanted, I wanted math, because to me, transparency in business, mm-hmm. especially internally, mm-hmm. is critical. So I really wanted math that people could math themselves. Like, oh, because we showed them the company made this amount. Great. Mm-hmm. Then we spent this amount. Great. This is what's left over. Great. Multiply this times 5%. Awesome. Here's the bonus pool. Then we tell you, your percentage of our current payroll is 2%. So multiply the bonus pool times 2%, that's your piece. And so today we, um, we are, we're, 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 well, by the time you guys hear it, they'll have already gotten their bonuses. They land tomorrow on Tuesday and this comes out Wednesday. But I'm excited because some people are getting five figure bonuses, Mandy. Like it's amazing. It just, doing it this way ensures that we are able to give bonuses that are healthy, but maintain the health of the company because we're giving money from, from the excess, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not like, 
Like, you know, so if we only made 100000 even though we technically made a million, they would only get bonuses as a percentage of that 100000 And mm-hmm. so this, this method of doing it, like I said, for people to get, you know, like, like really healthy five-figure, but no one's bonuses under four figures. It just feels really good. I mean, some people's bonuses is three times what their monthly um, pay is. So it just feels really good to give like a really like solid bonus. We've been able to like maintain our staff the whole year. We haven't had to let anybody go as far as because of financial. Some people you might, maybe we let go be just because, you know, the project was done or whatever, but we haven't let, had to let anyone go. We've given raises to everyone this year. And to be able to give like a really great bonus is because the team deserves, they work so hard. They put so much effort. I wish you guys could see how much they care about the women y'all that we serve, how much time they put in, how much work they put in. I mean, they're relentless. I have to tell them to take breaks. We're actually, I'm, I'm considering implementing a forced vacation to say like, you know, you get up to whatever number of weeks, but you must take at least five days a year or whatever, because they work so hard on your behalf. And I just wanted to like, you know, do something. I always tell them, but I wanted to also show them tangibly, like, hey, um, here's what it looks like this year. I've just grown so much as a CEO of like structuring the business. Um, We're just more of a business now, you know, not that we weren't before, but it's different once you reach a certain level. Like we were, I was a, we were a little lax in some places as far as like the financials, like, uh, wait, we need to have a budget for the year. Wait, we need to, <laughs> so creating all of these things. And, and so I'm excited because now we know every April we'll do raises, um, based upon, you know, uh, performance. And then every, every December we do bonuses based upon the company's performance. So I love that the bonuses that what you make is based upon what we do collectively, but also what you do individually. To me, that's really important that you're honored as an individual, but then you're also honored for what you bring to the table collectively. So just want to shout out to Unicorn Squad by now. Your money should have hit, hit. I hope you're as excited as I am. I can't wait to our, our team meeting tonight. We're just having a, a quick, our last meeting of the year. And it's um just a highlight meeting. Where I want everyone to just say one of the highlights for the year. And then we end with um, sharing everybody. Well, obviously your bonus is private. We're going to be slacking everybody individually their their bonuses. Um, so I can't wait. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I can't, well, I can't wait, but I can't wait for them because I know that's exciting. <laughs> uh, and really quickly, I will share my brown, wait, what is it? My notes, where are my notes? Oh, boost. So for last minute shoppers like myself, I don't know, my analysis paralysis also applied to Christmas presents this year. And something like a lightning bulb went off and I'm like, small businesses they need our support so and also because none of my family is here none of my none of my you know blood family that sounds terrible my my husband's family is my family blah 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 they don't listen anyway it's fine my (laughs) family in different states it's like and shipping is so slow like there you know people are sending packages now that may not even get there till after christmas so what i decided to do is I'm digging through my memory and my texts and all kinds of like email and stuff to figure out where these people, like where my relatives have loved shopping or eating or whatever. And then I'm just getting gift cards. And then I'm thinking two birds, one stone. So Christmas gift idea. If you want to support local businesses who need your help more than ever, given today's times and the fact that places are shutting down again, and you want to, you know, get some stuff off your Christmas list and, and be thoughtful and get all those, you know, boxes ticked, support your local business. So like, restaurants. I'm even trying to get Husbay to like find a local hardware store because he's determined to get my little brother a drill for Christmas for some reason. (laughs) He thinks my brother needs a drill. But uh, I'm like, is there like a, I don't know, just a small hardware store of Atlanta? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) 
yeah, so shout out to small businesses and try to lift them up, you know, however you can this holiday season. Oh, I love that. Because mm-hmm. you're right. I think that's a great idea. I did do a lot of my shopping via small businesses um, because, you know, you're right. It just... It just, and I, you know, and maybe what we can do, because I know we could, you know, sometimes I shout out like my favorite Instagram accounts that we're, we're following, but it might be nice that when we come across things to shout out like a, um, a small business that we, that we really like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll give you one. So my skin has been on Fleeky Fleek. And um, one of the reasons why is this company called The Butter Bar Skin Skincare. Honestly, their stuff is amazing because I have, I don't know, I guess we all have combo skin or whatever, but I was like, just like with age, I just, I don't know, my skin, I what what used to work before wasn't working, but I have found, because I have very sensitive skin, I break out very easily, but all this stuff is super natural. Um, it does take some weeks to get because they literally make it when it gets there. I put it in the refrigerator because it's all natural. Um, it's a little pricey, I'm not going to lie, but it's a sister-owned and operated operation. They're out of Atlanta, Georgia. But their stuff is amazing, amazing, amazing. And I, I saw a difference instantly. So the butter, um, the butter, whatever, what did I say? Butter bar? I mean, yes, the butter bar skincare. And I believe that they're the butter bar on, um, on IG, but they have so many discounts and like right now, they have forty percent off with close out VIP using that code or whatever. They not, I'm not. They don't give me no money. I'm just sharing because I, I love to see a, a black business that is doing good work and um and their you know their product is amazing. Um, so that is my little shout out for um for um small business, black small business, black brown small business. <laughs> love it. All right. Well, mine the the gift card that I got. Well, I won't say he doesn't listen to the show, but whatever. My favorite small business in Queens that I used to shop at all the time is called Lockwood. And they have different locations around New York now, around the boroughs. So, and they ship. I actually got those funny, um, what are they called? The candles that you have like around the house, but they have like uh, little icons on them. You know, like a Kendrick Lamar candle and a JK Rowling candle and an AOC candle. What are they called? Anyway, I got my brother a couple of those from Lockwood. But it's the cute kind of little, it's gifts that are nice and good quality, but that no one would probably buy for themselves. So I would check out Lockwood if you want to support a local business in Queens, my old home away from home. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I guess we haven't even talked about when our last show of 2020 is going to be, but I guess next week. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess. You want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> you the boss. No. You the boss. No, no, for sure. Oh, right. I just love this show. And I, I just love that show. <laughs> I always forget because, like I said, it took me a while to remember, like, wait, I'm not just talking to Mandy. Because you guys will come up to me and be like, ooh, congratulations on something. I'm like, I didn't tell you that. Oh, bread and biscuit. Mm. It's not just me and Mantra. And I love when I see people, like, call you Mantra in the comments. Like, I'm like, oh, uh, maybe you yes. <laughs> Well, I think people are going to come up to you wearing a mask and a unicorn horn that they just pop on their head and be like, excuse me. Yeah, it's me from the Zoom call. I didn't get, I didn't get my Slack message. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. So. <laughs> no, but. um, Take that no, out of my yeah. cart then. All right. That's fine. But yeah. All right, Mandra. Well, I bid you adieu, 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 adieu. <laughs> One more show of 2020 and then let's put this year in the past. In the past, yes. where she belongs. <laughs> all right, take care. Have a good uh, all teams meeting. All right, thank you. After seven p.m., God bless you.
Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.